Hi, this is Michael Lowe, and you're listening to May I Ask You a Question. My next guest is James Harleman. He is a friend of and pastors with Ben Keller at Refuge Church in Linwood, Washington. He also wrote a book titled Cinemagogue, Reclaiming Entertainment and Navigating Narrative for the Myths and Mirrors They Were Meant to Be. He also has a website, cinemagogue.com, and is one of the hosts of the Popcorn Theology podcast. In the first part of our conversation, we discuss what Cinemagogue means and the redeeming value he sees in film and entertainment. Thanks for listening. James Harleman, thank you for uh, coming to my podcast. May I ask you a question? Uh, that depends. No, you, of course. <laughs> uh, James, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Harleman? Yeah. Okay. Um, James, you are a, we have a mutual friend in Ben Keller. Uh, That's right. And uh, so from my understanding, you are a, uh, you pastor with him at Refuge Church and you also uh, wrote a book called Cinemagogue. You also have a website by the same name and uh, you're a podcaster and you're a speaker. So the speaking, authoring and Cinemagogue, I think are all kind of wrapped into one, uh, one sort of, uh, well, I, I guess I'm wrapping up into one thing, but then the podcaster is um, with popcorn theology, which uh, I guess is a, a nice little um, connection as well to the Cinemagogue piece. Is that, is that all accurate? Did I miss anything? Your husband? Yeah. Uh, dog owner. A dog uh, owner, action figure guys. collector, apparently. You, that's, you have that's, your room decked out there with wow, mint condition things. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're out of box. Like I'm not I'm not like mint on card kind of guy. Uh, but I have accrued to over four decades. I have uh, accrued quite a bunch of toys. And my dad was always very uh, stress, uh, very much a stressor of, of you know take care of them, don't break them. Yeah. And once you have a little man room like this, then everybody decides they have to contribute something new. So it just sort of. <laughs> It's fruitful and multiplies in its own bizarre, questionable way. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a gift of choice for James. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention you're also a, a fellow member of the Bald Brotherhood. That is that is true. I lost uh, shaved that off about uh, 2008. So over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I uh, the choice was made for me with alopecia, and so I've oh, I've saved okay. on shave, shaving equipment and um, shampoo and conditioner and all that stuff for quite a few years and. Um, some, some of it, oddly enough, growing back a little bit, but, um, you know, oh, wow. we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, popcorn theology came along a little bit later in the story and, and I didn't, uh, start, but, but then again, really when, when you look back at Cinemagog and some of the other things, like all, all of those origin stories, uh, rely on other people. So there's, right. there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you've, you've certainly kind of, uh, taken to it, uh, with the Cinemagog stuff, um, what, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? I know it's a, it's a word you made up, right? It's a compound word. That's true. Uh, in an old episode of the Simpsons, uh, Homer Simpson is for some reason, I don't, he, I think he's just, uh, he's talking about his daughter's instrument as soon as she's a sax player and he, and right, Lisa. He, yeah. And there's just this episode where he's like, saxophone, saxophone. I don't know why that was in my head, but I was thinking about the fact that, uh, well, I mean, part of what I do, it started out, we just called it film and theology. And then as I was sitting down to kind of come up with an idea to, to have a website have, and, and write a book, I was like, well, it's, it's really like the idea comes from an old, I, I'm pretty sure it was Martin Scorsese, uh, director. Uh, I think it was an interview. He was he was talking about how cinema is the modern day church. 
Mm. I was like, oh, well, church, synagogue. So I was just like, well, okay, so cinema is the new synagogue. And I was like, all right, cinema, God. Like it just sort of became. (laughs) The syllables are the same. And yeah, (laughs) it has the nice tenor to it. Yeah, yeah. So and and so I just thought, hey, that that's kind of catchy and no one will ever be able to spell it. So I won't get much web traffic and. And that'll keep you from getting too big of a head. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah God works in mysterious ways to humble us or keep us humble. <laughs> um, that's interesting. So Scorsese, because I was watching, uh, I did a little, uh, a, a little research on you and I saw that you were speaking in Montgomery, Alabama, probably six years ago. And you were explaining a little bit um, about uh, how Christians are losing ground and um, uh, it's, it, you didn't explain it uh, completely, but uh, you just mentioned it a little bit with the Scorsese quote um, yeah. about how people are worshiping at, at movie theaters and, and we could maybe even say largely, more broadly, pop culture. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit more just in terms of how Christians are losing ground um, or at least what you meant by that. Well, I mean, I think that goes back a little bit to... Uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and that's that's Acts chapter 17, where I, when I became a Christian, uh, well, I, I was a cinemaphile I, I, before I was really cared about God. I was raised in the church, but uh, really Jesus and Bible stories just kind of took their place in the midst of all my comic books. And it, like it, it was all just mythology to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of different sorts. I mean, you know, Hercules, Jesus, Optimus Prime, uh, Batman. <laughs> it, it just, it all was sort of in that landscape. And there, you know, I would even say like, well, there's good moral lessons from lots of those things. Mm-hmm. And and the reality was like, I had a language and a cadence and a culture. And I mean, you you can watch some TV shows that are about, you know, Big Bang Theory or, or Community or so like, you can watch some of these things where they really get into geek culture. It's like, th- these people have their own language. So I, I mean, my wife and I can carry on full conversations that sometimes that are just movie quotes back and forth. Uh, <laughs> I, I was wondering if you're going to say like Klingon or some some like Lord of the Rings <laughs> language, but okay. <laughs> oh, I, I see. I'm a certain level of geek. I haven't quite ascended or dis- I haven't quite moved laterally. However, we want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not vertical. It's purely lateral. There you go. It's just another language. What? Uh, but, but so when I first became passionate about Christ, I I actually ran into. Uh, a guy who, one of the pastors who discipled me, Mike Gunn, I'll just throw his name out there. Just, he he was really influential on me. He could speak movie. And oh. and when you're in Acts 17, Paul Paul's talking to Athenians. He's not talking to uh, the normal Jewish audience where he can reference Moses and Abraham and they know what they're talking about. And he just, he takes a few moments to reference the, the idols he saw laying around, references the altar to the unknown God. And then he even goes out of his way to say, you know, as some of your own poets have said, and he quotes them too. And and to me, that was that was indicative of the way I got discipled as a young man who was who was really into movies. Uh, my my pastor knew enough to talk movie with me. You know, he would say, you know, as Yoda would say, as some of your own Star Wars characters would say, you must unlearn what you have learned. Like that's a key component of of being transformed as a Christian, right? Mm, you, yeah. You've been enculturated with so much stuff. You got to unpack some of that and puts, so he knew it's like, well, I can quote Yoda or he's like, you know, he, he even explained to me, like the reason I loved the matrix back in 1999, uh, wasn't just cause I was afraid Y2K was going to end the world. And I was freaking out like everybody else. <laughs> right. I still have my cans of corned beef ham- or corned beef <laughs> hash and whatnot. 
<laughs> got, got my water in the garage and a big bag of rice. Uh, yep. Yeah. It, you know, he, he explained, he's like, you know, in that show, you got a character who's, who has literally had the world pulled over, a veil put over his eyes. He's not seeing reality. He's incapable. And in fact, it literally then gets kind of birthed out of this gross chamber and falls into water and then gets lifted out of the water, kind of washed clean. It's like, like what you're enjoying that, whether you know it or not, because as some of your movies have said, you know, we must be born again. And as scripture says, you know, the gods of this world have blinded the eyes of those who can't, you know, we, we can't see the truth. It's like, this is the reason these things tug at your heartstrings. So it's like, wow, that, it, it, it led me to search out the Bible. It's like, well, now I want to sift the scriptures. Like, where does all this other stuff line up? And, and that's kind of where it began for me. And it's like, well, uh, what's interesting is since I got into that in, you know, we're talking 1998, 99, uh, what makes it even more complicated, I think now is uh, pop culture has fragmented. Like it, it, instead of being a couple shared universes, all the geeks used to hang out in. Yeah. My goodness, with all the streaming, like it's it's be, between video games, card games, role playing games, uh, all sorts of different you know, multimedia streaming services. That like it, it's almost impossible for like nobody could be. You know, Paul walked around town and picked up a few things that everybody knew about. Right. Uh, I think as culturally, we're fragmenting to such a degree. Like there is no. You know, like back in the 50s, everybody loved Elvis. Now yeah. who now who's the top? Well, there there isn't one. There's so many genres, so many artists. Like it it's almost becoming <laughs> I I I don't think there's anyone you'd have to be at a, an absolute uh, genius Sherlock Holmes level to be able to sort of master all the languages now. But I, yeah. I so it's actually kind of morphed, you know. I I used to actually encourage people. It's like, "Hey, you you need to know about you need to know enough to be dangerous in pop culture." It's like, "Well, Boy, now nowadays, I think, I think you got to probably pick your team and divide and conquer as the church. I think we, right. we need people who understand enough about these things, or or hang on to enough, redeem what where they came from to be able to speak back to those cultures. Yeah, the it, it, it's interesting. Uh, it does seem like the internet has allowed us to congregate uh, with common interests of people, but you know, all within our homes. It may be even more literally now during COVID, but. Yeah, uh, we just we are able to gravitate more towards the people that we like the same movies, have the same interests, geek out on the same things, you know, go to the same <laughs> dress up uh, as whatever characters we dress up as. Um, and it's not there isn't the quote unquote mainstream the same way anymore. Uh, I mean, and, and frankly, I was even talking to I was talking to Ben Keller, our mutual friend, and um, we were just talking about how. Just America does not have its own identity, have a, a unifying identity anymore. And uh, what you're just referencing kind of uh, maybe speaks to that kind of component of it as well. That you know we're just yeah. maybe we won't be, and uh, but it just plays itself out in a nasty way on the political spectrum. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so so in, in in that sense though. Um, uh, uh, referencing Act 17, um, there it, it sounds like part of, and even listening to some of the podcasts on popcorn theology, it sounds like um, part of what you, uh, part, part of your worldview, so to speak, is that um, the art of the world echoes uh, storylines and themes and truths of the Bible, whether or not it intends to. And um, what we have in the Bible 
not to oversimplify it, but part of what it does is it, it simplifies, it, excuse me, it re redeems those themes and mm. culminates those themes in a way that only Christ can. Is that um, a, a fair way to, to summarize some of it? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think there, there is an inherent uh, risk in it, but I, because I, it, there is a risk of, of syncretizing or compromising the message or, mm -hmm. or co-opting something without taking the time to explain the differences. I mean, when Paul quotes, you know, Paul isn't saying that Zeus and Yahweh are the same. Right, right, you right. Know, so, yeah. And, and it, it goes on to say, I mean, like, we have what Luke records of that, that passionate message, but it seems there was conversation going on before and conversation going on after. So I, I think if you take it in a vacuum, we, we do have to be careful to not just throw aside like, oh, yeah, I mean, God, you know, it's kind of like the Force, or it's kind of like this in Star Wars. It's, it's like, you know, we we need to be cautious. And right. That's it's something. Every year I grow. I think I teach that a little bit more because you get excited. You want everybody to make these connections, and you're like, well, don't don't brandish them too wildly, uh, and and make sure that you're not somehow compromising the truth of Scripture. Because I I would take it back even further than pop culture, right? I mean, I, dare I say. You go back and look at you just you look at Hinduism. Yeah. If I believe we all came from uh, one man, I mean, ultimately, then we got reduced back to to Noah, right? Noah and family. Right. Like truth went out, and people in their sin nature distorted it. But even I can look at it's like, well, wait, I'm looking at Hinduism here. All are Brahma, so there's one. But then they kind of have Brahma, Shiva, and Vishnu. Uh, Brahma. Shiva and Vishnu, so it's like the three of them, but they're all Brahma. It's like, wait, wait, what's happening here? This is right. some, this is people over a long period of time distorting uh, a, a, a one God who is three, that, and distorting it, you know, twisting it till it is misshapen, and and so far there's no there's no capital T truth left in that. But right, but to me, it's like, well, okay, do I, how do I approach that in conversation? Do mm -hmm. I approach that as all right, throw out, throw out everything you have, or do I say, you know, hey, look at the kernel here. There's a reason this is here, but we'll get to the fact that it's not correct. And but it, there's 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 a reason those vestiges are there, and it's, I think it's more it's pulling those vestiges out of pop culture, right? I mean, it's it's seeing that whether especially when a lot of art that isn't by Christians, so. There's a lot of stuff non-Christians are spewing out there that I, in and of itself, it doesn't save. It's not helpful. But I think the right Christian, uh, kind of like in, in those movies, there, there's a old Jackie Chan movie called Rumble in the Bronx. And he, yeah. he goes, he goes, you know, he he walks into an area and he usually, well, I think that's almost every Jackie Chan movie. He, <laughs> he, he doesn't really walk in with weapons. He uses the things that are laying around there and kind of turns them into things for his use. And but sure. really, yeah. he he's the weapon, I mean, but, but he actually kind of turns things into things that work for him. And so like, I think a Christian can do that with certain tools and that's kind of that things can be redeemed. They, but if a Christian does it improperly, he's compromised the gospel. So there, there's, right. there's, a, there's definitely a danger. Yeah. Knowing enough to be dangerous, but not necessarily enough to be, uh, you know, yeah. fully helpful and, and truthful. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds to to some extent like you uh, you view movies and maybe pop culture art as um, as just 
imprecise echoes of, uh, you know, I I guess, you know, and and people trying to um, articulate something that that is true about the world, but if it it obscures or does not talk about Christ, then it's just kind of grasping at the wind, so to speak. Yeah. And and in one sense, it is, it's worthless without help. It's worthless without, uh, it's worthless without a, a God's instrument to come in and do something with it. And obviously with the Holy Spirit, like it, it can't, it, I mean, the Holy Spirit could do it without you. I mean, I guess, you know, it's if, sure. if somebody, somebody hits something profound in a movie, I, I do one funny story. My, uh, one of my friends, uh, she came, she, she had effectively left the faith. I'd say she was probably in a prodigal state, but she mm. watched a movie called Event Horizon. I'm not suggesting anybody should rush, run out and watch it, but it, it's sort of a bait and switch because it's a sci-fi movie, or you think it is, yeah. but it turns out it's not aliens. It's really a portal to hell. So it, oh. it's a it's a sci-fi movie. It's a, it's a horror movie sort of luring you in like it's a sci-fi movie and then turning the tables on you. But just being shocked back to the idea that what if there really is a hell uh, sent her running back. I, I think I do think God used that to send her back to church back huh. to getting engaged, back to recommitting to Christ. So yeah, yeah. it's like, even something like that, which I, on the one hand, uh, I, I, God even redeems that apart from, apart from a Christian having to explain it to her. So I just like that, that's a way I think he does work with, with the imperfect things of the world and can turn them around. That being said, I'm not saying we want to tell everybody to go <laughs> out and gorge right. themselves on movies about hell but <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean i guess to some extent because the, the themes can can uh be similar or be echoes of each other then um it it, it makes it uh so that uh christianity and the bible and its themes are are not able to be as compartmentalized the same way that uh you know kind of separation of church and state so to speak or whatever else it is <laughs> like yeah it's it's not it's not okay you just do whatever you do in those buildings but don't bring it out here type of a thing. But it's like, no, what we're talking about is not, um, it's, 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 it, it, it reveals and articulates, uh, just all the emotions and hopes and dreams and everything that you desire to articulate. And, and it, uh, culminates and manifests it in its, uh, in its perfection. Well, and that's where I, I don't get me wrong. Love my parents, mom, if you ever listen to this, you know, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you can they, send it to her. Yeah, exactly. They they were they they loved the Lord. They actually gave me a lot of good instruction. But but one thing I think culturally in the in the seventies, it was just I I don't really know that any Christians were doing it that much. I was never taught that that there was anything truly redemptive about my media time. I mean, it needed to be wholesome. Like it couldn't contain anything inherently wicked. But that was the only parameter given. So really, my media time was was not about connecting me vertically with God. It was it was just distraction time. Like watch yeah. your silly watch your silly robots and your your you give cartoons. mom and dad a break time. Yeah, it's like but but Spider Man has nothing to do with the gospel. It's like well, but then then really is if it, if it's nothing, if it's not good or if it's morally neutral effectively or like well then what's the edification why as a christian should i be engaging it and i i think we jumped right to evangelism i don't i don't think that every time i watch something i have to be looking for that pauline act 17 tool that i'm right. going to use in my next conversation but right sometimes 
it's just edifying for me or edifying for my wife and I to talk afterwards. Like, how does that measure up? Or, or is there, is there anything symbolic we could take away that like, like, could there be something where I grow closer to God through a movie that was made even by somebody who doesn't believe in God? I, I think yeah. by the Holy Spirit, I can. That that experience, that two hours, or like I believe that could be redeemed. And I wasn't even taught to think in those categories. And and so that's really my heart is like, well, don't don't waste time. Why 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 would you waste time on a fiction story? When, hey, hey, it's not it's not growing you closer to God horizontal uh, vertically. No relationships growing really horizontally. And, I, I, I just, it, it begins to make me question like what it might be permissible, but beneficial. Yeah. Like, like, like how, how does it become beneficial to my walk with God? Like just making sure it's the Hallmark channel and there's no bad words doesn't make it beneficial. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess it, it, there's two questions and I'm not sure which one to ask first. Um, <laughs> did you, did you feel like, uh, the, um, were you able to see the themes in um, in your media time in a way that you just it took you I don't know maybe until I don't know uh, teenage years or adulthood whatever to figure articulate wow these themes are actually not entirely different than uh, what the Bible uh, says better. Mm. You know I I don't think uh, again I think that hit later in life. I'm trying to think when that kicked in. I think, I think I wasn't taught to think in those categories. So I really didn't put it together as, and then once I was out of high school, I think I, I, I didn't care. I spent at least seven years kind of in a very prodigal state. Mm. And, and it was really, I actually do. I have, I have the book right here. There's a comic book, uh, uh, that I was reading shortly after, uh, coming to kind of coming back to Christ in, in 1998 and, and really having a passion for him, I think for the first time, I think he'd been working in my heart. Well, we, we can talk reform theology another time, but, um, (laughs) whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, predestiny proved true. And, but, but I found myself reading this comic, uh, called earth X. So it's a Marvel comic. So it's dealing with characters like Spider-Man and, and uh, Captain, but, but it's set in the future in a very, very dark apocalyptic future. And they're, they're talking about heroes. So they're using the word heroes and not savior. But I was reading this, this paragraph and, Oddly enough, like this is how spiritual it is. It's a robot talking to an alien, but, <laughs> but they're talking about humanity and the human condition and, and the robots asking questions for this aliens been observing humanity is like, I don't, I don't get humans. So he, he says at one point, uh, history has shown from age to age, the human condition, they need a hero, a champion, a savior. <laughs> but when salvation has come, they turn on that embodied hope. And the robot asks, well, why? It says, because to be saved is to be weak, and to be weak, one must acknowledge that one exists in a constant state of need, and that's the state of man is found in, oh, that, that in his natural state, man is found to be lacking. Uh, man, wow. resents, man resents its savior because it needs them, and because more than heroes themselves, man hates his own neediness. It's like, all right, well, they, they didn't quite get to sin. Right. But, I, but I'm reading that, and I'm thinking, what? We talk about, about all our... the effects of sin. Yeah, I was just like, wow. Now, now it turns out years later, I bumped into the writer of this at a conference. Yeah. And, and he actually is a Christian. Oh. And, huh. and so, so here's a Christian working for Marvel Comics. And huh. so that's the other side of the equation, too, that I, I begun, I've begun to learn more and more. 
within the mainstream secular industry, there are embedded Christians. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're not getting in the full gospel, but they're, they're dropping. So like when they have opportunity, they're trying to plant these ideas. Right. And it's like, well, there's, so my Christian brothers and sisters are, you know, it's like if we're a baseball team, it's like they're, you know, they're, they're setting up the pitch, you know, yeah. it's or that's the worst metaphor. I'm a bad, I'm bad with sports. So, you know, <laughs> I, I get it though. They're the ones, the, the, you know, the quarterback's throwing the ball. It's like, yeah. am I going to catch it and right. take it across the, the goal line? And, and that could be a conversation with somebody that could be like, that there are those things laying out there that I think we miss. And so that I really, until I was 25, I didn't start to put those pieces together. I think I loved to talk about themes in movies and, right. and recurring themes and motifs, but I didn't really connect into my faith at all for the first quarter of a century. That's, that's why I've been trying to play catch up for, for yeah. the, the second set here. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is interesting too, that, uh, those, um, those themes and ideas can, and those stories are attractive, you know, in whatever, uh, art form they are, uh, they manifest because it, it speaks to the attractiveness of them. And yeah. that, you know, there's, there's a inherent, there's an inherent desire for it, whether or not we're ready to, um, you know, fully understand them or, uh, and, and kind of realize our faith, so to speak. But, um, yeah. it's true that, that that's there. Um, uh, with, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, another question. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite as serious. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned you mentioned Hallmark movies and whatnot. Why are Christian movies so bad? Oh, I. Sorry, I that's think, a that's that's an assumption that I just figured I could make, but. Well, I, I think a lot of them are, and what's funny, I, again, I think I have a different perspective on this uh, in this decade than I did last decade. I. <laughs> Because I think now secular movies are are, are sadly learning from Christian movies, uh, but if if you roll back the clock, you know, ten years ago, I I think the Christians are afraid to take risks. I mean, they're afraid to show a truly villainous person as villainous. We, we've been taught, we, we sort of grew up with this idea that we well, well, nobody can say bad words in this movies, but 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 a truly wicked do. person would say a horrible thing. So you wind up with these kind of sanitized, silly villains, yeah. uh, and and then you wind up with, you know, it's like, what kind of story can you tell if you're afraid to go as dark and deep and as bizarre and, let's face it, gory as our Bible is? Uh, right, yeah. There, there's sort of an inability to take risks. And and there's that assumption, and I, this one's a little more trickier, but it's like, you know what, the, does the whole gospel have to be in your story about uh, a, a boy's friendship with his dog? I mean, right. Like, are you, do you need to shoehorn some uh, half-baked excuse to get the full sermon in? Or, right. or again, can you just give, can you just whet the appetite for someone to go seek more? Like what, what is the purpose of that film? Is it to present the full gospel or, or could it be a, like somebody like this guy dropping a piece in a Marvel comic? Mm -hmm. Like, could it be set up? I, as yeah. I, I think Christians have felt compelled to a, keep it sanitized even more so than our Bibles. And, yeah. and then B it's like, I have to shoehorn the whole gospel in there, which feels forced. And it feels like it's, it feels like it's a sermon or a preaching masquerading mm. as a story. Now over the last decade, I, I think secular culture in Hollywood is kind of transitioned to starting to do more and more of the same thing. Well, it, it's almost this, um, 
kind of a, I, I think that the, the uh, moral backbone, I guess, of America or moral compass of America has shifted. And, you know, yeah. with all the social values of America going away from, we'll just call them conservative Christian values, then, yeah. um, then, then there is a, uh, there can end up being a condescension that that happens or a moral high ground that that they feel yeah. like they can take that frankly christians probably um misused in 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 our more um popular days so to speak mm. um, that's true but it, it, and yeah i guess the, when you say sanitize it made me think of it there was just an over application of censorship to the point where uh you know you you kind of you do end up uh, distracting or, or um, obscuring the point of, of what you're trying to communicate uh, and, yeah. and its fullness because you're so afraid to uh, sh- say or show something. Um, yeah. But it, it is a hard a hard line to draw or a, a difficult <laughs> um, Well, there's l- at least line three lines, right? I mean, there, there's at least three different lines to draw. And that's, I, I think that there are, they're the words we use, which I think Christians should, especially when it comes to art, really have better conversations about that. Because like, I, I know it seems as though Christians treat, treat uh, what the popular word for excrement as more important or, or a harder thing to hear in their ears than somebody taking the Lord's name in vain sometimes. Sure, yeah. And it's like, well, wait, I, God didn't prescribe, you know, uh, which word for excrement was acceptable or not. So yeah. You could theoretically have a villainous person use that kind of gross, you know, uh, that type of vulgar language. I'm not even like somebody show me the verse where which word for for feces is sin. I mean, I, I just that that's more cultural. So like we could play with yeah. some of those things. Yeah. Uh, so there's language, which I think Christians get bound up in a lot of enculturated ideas like George Carlin and the seven words you can't say on television. Like he, he's not a Christian. Uh, yeah, right. He can't. He can't tell me what's right or wrong. Now, I might not want to say some of those words, but uh, and that, then there's there's obviously violence. But boy, our boy, our scripture is violent, and yeah. and as long as it's fiction, it's all simulated violence. The, the problem is when you come into issues of sexuality and skin, because yeah, that's it, if you're exposing somebody on film, that's not just simulating something. That's literally doing it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's really like that is the fierce one. Christians need to hold a, a firm line on. I think. I think what a Christian is willing to, or able to depict in art in regards to uh, words, words and violence, I think, I, I think there's more freedom to con- at least to have a good conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I guess too, it, from how you're talking about it, it, if you censor it too much or sanitize it too much, it just be- ends up becoming um, insincere or unrelatable uh, because it's yeah. like, oh, all I understand really is that. You, you don't want me to understand or you don't want me to even allow my mind to go to certain places of evil mm. and uh, to see, you know, the way in which God redeems those things. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what you thought. I, may, I don't know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ. Uh, you know, obviously that was that was rated R for its violence because it it showed right. about us. It showed probably one of the most hideous examples of what it might have been like to be crucified. And that I that. That that chilled me to my soul. I mean, that that literally evoked tears. Like that mm-hmm. that did hit me in a visceral way. And I I don't think, I I don't you know most Christian movies never have have dared to go that far before or since. And so, 
Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I came up when I was in college and people were saying, Hey, you're going to go see it. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. I've read the book, but uh, <laughs> the book's better. <laughs> yeah. The, the book is way better. You should read it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting, um, to just try and, I, you know, it, it, it's, I guess what's hard for me is that, uh, censorship has its place. Um, yeah, and true. as, as parents, we, uh, or as adults, I guess we need to think about what what a kid can handle. Um, mm-hmm. And so, depending on what your, who your audience is intended to be, that that kind of makes it more difficult. Um, and I mean, frankly, maybe uh, not every adult or parent has the same discernment that they <laughs> that they should about what what kids can see. Um, but it, regardless of all that, I guess it, it it did take away in my mind from a little bit of the art form, where it's just like, oh, this is it's kind of kind of what i expected and i feel like it, the movie worshipped a censorship and a sense of morality more than it did communicate a whole lot else about who christ is mm. yeah um yeah uh, let me so with regards to uh seeing storylines and themes it, did, do you see that uh did you I mean, you didn't always relate it to the gospel, but did you, I don't, I don't see those things when I watch movies. I, <laughs> I like, I, I'm kind of more of a, a like truly a, a couch of potato. I don't critically think of, about a lot when I watch stuff. So was that, would you say that was natural for you? And did you, uh, like what helped you realize it? Because at some point, like, I think anybody quotes lines or whatever, and it's kind of like, especially for people I don't know exactly how old you are, but like, you know, Dumb and Dumber, Tommy Boy, like those are the the quotable sure. lines of, of my youth and like the Simpsons. And they're just funny one liners. And it means that we watch the same thing and we can connect for a quick moment. Um, but I didn't see I, I never really thought about broader themes and, and kind of the way a writer would, so to speak. Well, I would. uh Here's where I'm torn, because if I tell you it's a gift, then it, you get a free pass. But if I if I tell you. <laughs> So you're telling me there's a chance. No, uh, yeah. there you go. That's, I think that was your dumb and dumber one right there. Yeah, uh, exactly. But uh, so I, I do think, I mean, God, right. He gives everybody different sets of gifts, uh, evangelism gifts. My my friend James Raymond is just so amazing and deft and so natural at sharing the word and, and figuring out that on your feet uh, ability to just spin a conversation. And that that's Honestly, that's a skill I don't have near as well. I, I'm more of a guy who thinks for a while and then has has a few. I, I'm less I'm less an impromptu guy than a than a thoughtful guy. Um, and in fact, I don't I don't walk out of the movie just instantly spewing all that all, all of my wonderful ideas. I <laughs> I do have I have a wife who has a similar passion for watching uh, a lot of the same. We we enjoy the same genres and and a lot of the same material. So like we'll have a dialogue, and that that really helps foment a lot of it. Is just oh, okay. to, just I mean, like coming out of like any study, right? If you have a study buddy like that, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. all the difference. When you um, happen to love <laughs> quite <yeah>. intimately, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so then, uh, but I did. I mean, I was I had some introverted years, or I had some isolated years as a kid, where I was I would like that was where I would spend my time, and so I, I had a lot of thoughts thoughts in my head, and probably God helped cultivate that in me at an earlier age. So I I maybe have a leg up on some folks, but I. I have found, I mean, as uh, the reason I wrote the book was kind of as a bit of a how-to manual. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, like, so I, I think anybody can do it to a degree, like, cause I think the, the brain muscle can 
be attuned to it. And I, and I've had a lot of great feedback from different folks. I, I've over the years, uh, I've had a couple of folks go, you know, decide to pursue that passion into the industry in, in a variety of ways, doing some screenwriting and stuff. And, and, and I've also just had uh, moms say, hey, you know, it's great to be able to have a conversation with my son about Spider-Man yeah. and, and talk through some of the episodes. And it's just like I, both those things are great. If it, if it helps a parent do a little uh, organic Deuteronomy 6 uh, lead into yeah. the gospel conversation, that's cool. If 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 it I mean, even that, like there's so many advantages to it that aren't just sort of street evangelism like Paul. Right. So yeah. like there's there's just growing your kid to. I think the old, or the earlier you start thinking about that, the earlier you have a chat with your teenage kid and be like, well, you know, you know, look at Spider-Man is tormented by this guilt of losing his uncle Ben that he, he feels like he can never atone for. But uh, yeah. there's a, there's a conversation right there about, right. about guilt, guilt. Well, is there, what, did he legitimately did some wrong and is, is running around to Spider-Man the rest of his life going to atone for that? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like, right. does it, does that really have an end? Like, like I, I literally like one of the Marvel editors even said, like, like one of the editors of Marvel comics, uh, Axel Alonso once said, he's like, Peter is by definition, like a lapsed Catholic. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's <laughs> like, right. Yeah. There's yeah. your, like, there's your conversation. <laughs> so I, I think it's a muscle that can be developed. I'm sure if God's given me a gift with an extra portion on that measure, that's great. He's yeah. given he's given our friend Ben uh, a theological retention and acumen that that I'm jealous of. So yes. <laughs> well, and, and a thirst for history that like oh yeah no, like, yeah don't forget all the history knowledge. <laughs> like, yeah, I can watch the History Channel. I can talk to Ben. Hey, um, well, well, hey <laughs> he might have me beat on World World War II, but but ask him a Hulk question. I'll be sure. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Sure. You know the history of the real world. How about the other worlds? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so maybe the uniqueness for you is that the the storylines and whatnot they they just kind of they they linger in your mind as opposed to just enter and then leave as just kind of a mindless activity for you. Yeah, Although, I mean that that's got to be a choice though, right? I mean, well, to some extent, gonna... but then go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just even looking up the word, I I run into that with so many people, uh, and you didn't say it, so I'm not picking on you. But they're just like, <laughs> oh, I just I just watch for entertainment. It's like. Like you do know entertainment, entertain by definition means to take something into mind for consideration. Mm, yeah. So it's like, so it's like, I, it's like, I watch it for entertainment too. It's like, but in fact, you think about before TV and, and stuff, before cinema and all of those forms, you, you entertain somebody by bringing them into your living room and engaging in discussion, right? It's like, it was always like entertainment by definition is supposed to be a little bit of that. And I, I, I always wonder, I always think, well, I think some people, if they're not, if they're not running the, through their conscious, I still think it's getting in that subconscious a little bit. Mm. So it, mm. the, the little moral underpinnings, the postmodern thought, like I, I think if you don't, if you don't run the cycle through the brain a, a tiny bit, I think it can seep into the places where it starts affecting your ideology. You don't, you don't, you might not know about it. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I guess to that end, it it becomes a uh, bec with pop culture or just commonalities, it becomes a a common language that we can use to articulate the themes, like we were saying earlier, just yeah. the, the themes of truth and the themes of the Bible. That like it's kind of like this, but better, but more valuable, but actually yeah. real, like actually happened. <laughs> And let's be fair. There's still some places I haven't figured out. Right. I mean, I love watching Abbott and Costello 
Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, some people like three, three stooges. I think there's, I, I do think I have figured out Wiley coyote is, and the Roadrunner is literally the biblical metaphor of chasing after the wind. <laughs> I remember you saying that in your talk in, uh, yeah, in yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So I, it's like, I, but, but there are still some, like there are some things I enjoy. I, I can't really tell you exactly why. Like I haven't, I, there, there are plenty of unexamined areas. I don't know if I'll figure out in relation to some of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, as as, uh, as articulate and informed you are on on some of these things, you you can't be comprehensive. Yeah, it's a little too much. Um, how, how did you go from? So you mentioned Mike Gunn, and then that kind of really stoked the fire for you of really delving into um, uh, film and, and theology. If I could reduce it down to those two things, how did you end up then getting involved with popcorn theology? Oh well, well, so when I I got. Uh, discipled at the church I was at at the time, we actually, we, we would record all of our, uh, a bunch of our film and theology stuff. And, uh, was it like a ministry within the church type of a thing? Ministry may be a harder word, or not quite the yeah. word I mean, but like a, you know, content. It, it didn't start out necessarily being called that. It was just, we'd do some movie nights. It, it evolved pretty organically over the time. And we were a small church when it started. I, I, there's Mars Hill Church. I'm sure people know about that. Yeah. Uh, that are listeners, right? So, but that's not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, but in that, yeah, I, I actually received a lot of freedom and latitude over the years to just oh. uh, do it every month. It was on the main website. So people were listening to the, those sort of discourses on, on, on film theology. We do a little talk after doing a movie night. And, and so people like Richard Fultz and David Lee at Popcorn, who like, they were listeners at that time. And they oh. they were kind of inspired by that. They they would self describe themselves as kind of you know Luke, Luke and Han and I'm Obi Wan, um, <laughs> but then I would just like okay, but 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 I had a Yoda, so like that's you know I can't take too much credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so so unbeknownst to me, as I, I wrote the book and, and about 2012, and I think sometime after I uh, published the book, they they kind of ran with that because it. It kind of had a how to, it's sort of a how to manual. It even has uh, some examples, like some movies and some questions to ask yourself, kind of get, get in the rhythm. And, and, and they, uh, they started the podcast and I actually kind of, I took a, somewhere after 2012, I kind of took a break for a while. I, I sort of, uh, well, I took a sabbatical after writing. I, I think so. And, and then I got pulled into kind of the next season of ministry. I was helping at a church. I just didn't have as much time for it. And it, it fell by the wayside a bit. So uh, then I come out to find out there's popcorn theology. There's uh, there, there are other websites like uh, feel and film, real world theology, all kind of uh, guys who were in one way or another, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon uh, kind of uh, had that as an influence and have kind of, you know, in some ways taken what I was doing to the next level. And I was like, wow, that that's awesome. That's, that's kind yeah. of discipleship in action. And I've, I've, People have surpassed what I was doing and are reaching even uh, you know, potentially reaching even more people through a podcast. And and so then they, they asked me to guest once or twice because they you know thought I was uh, Morpheus in the Matrix. You know, it's like, we got to we got to have. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember them saying that. Yeah. yeah. And which was so bizarre to me. But I think God. I, I'm glad God has uh, kick, kicked uh, the stool out from under me a few times in life, just so I never quite, the, the head, it, it inflates and it deflates. So it, it's thankfully. <laughs> that's, maybe that's why we all get wrinkles at the end. 
<laughs> and lose the hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, and so they invited me to guest a couple times, and it just turned out that we decided let's let's make it a trio, and and we decided to run with that, and and kind of reach a whole different set of listeners, and um, yeah, this uh, it's been great to have a partnership with them, and and not necessarily be necessarily a central pushing focus, and yeah. just be a participant in the thing. Yeah, it's a little easier. You don't have to uh, plan out as much, program as much, and just get to give your input. And yeah, um, it, 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 what's your prep like for for it? So when you go, when they say, "Hey, we're gonna review or talk about," I don't know, like Mulan coming up this Friday. Uh, do you guys get do you, do you guys get anything early or no? Uh, no, not really. I, a couple friends have have figured out ways to get in on some of the early reviews and <laughs> in legal ways. Yeah, yeah, like oh, actually, okay. like getting press credentials and different okay. things. And I, I have, I so in theory, I could, like yeah. when we have we have a podcast review site, like we we could pull that off. But, but really, I mean, people who are going to listen to our podcasts need to have like they need to see it opening weekend, and then they need to think about like they're. Oh, I, I guess right. in theory, I guess if we had the podcast ready like Friday night, right when they came out, I suppose maybe yeah. maybe that would be ideal, but. Uh, we, we usually actually record and, uh, get it up you know, a few days later. So I think it's really, people have seen it, thought about it. And now they're ready to engage. And sometimes yeah. we'll even have them uh, like on Facebook. We'll, we'll throw out some questions and actually include uh, our listeners. Uh, uh, we'll include some of their feedback. So then it's like, all right, you know, so-and-so had this great point or so-and-so had this great idea. So that then we're including them in the mix. So, uh, but yeah, we'll catch it up any weekend. Well, well, we decide, we try to decide like a month out. We try to keep it loose because there'll be a new release or yeah. something coming up. We, we have sort of a wish list of old movies in case there's a dry week. Yeah. Uh, so we can go back and grab something we've 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 each wanted to do or <laughs> uh, COVID's made it really interesting. But, oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, so we are almost sort of running out. It's like, I swear, what do we do? We're kind of running out of ideas. Maybe it's just COVID brain. There's still tons of movies, but yeah. <laughs> But well, have you have you heard of the the the, the podcast rewatch the rewatchables? No, I think it's a, on on the ringer, and so it, it's it it's got the little e icon, so it, a lot yeah. of the language and, and even some of the themes that they talk about and focus on they're a little um, to use a word we, we were talking about earlier. It's not as sanitized or censored as mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, the broader Christian community might want to consume, but um, it, it's interesting. The, the, like I was listening to one the other day on Karate Kid, and they're just talking about how, like, they they talk about um, you know who who acted really well, or who was kind of who they thought could have done better, or they pick nits in terms of uh, <laughs> like uh, plot plot themes and continuity and all that stuff and plausibility. But anyways, right. as you were I was saying, that they just choose a bunch of old movies and um, just kind of rehash it and maybe from a writer's brain, but also from a consumer's brain. Well, it's funny now, one of our, uh, Richard actually is a big fan of uh, Cobra Kai. You know, there's the new series. Oh, on YouTube, right? Uh, Yeah, they they just dropped it onto Netflix now as well. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, so we're actually talking about maybe doing a a review of some of those episodes. Just Yeah. Because he's a huge Credit Kid fan. But (laughs) so that's all, you know, so one of us usually will have suggested it. So that kind of means we get the the lucky draw of we'll we'll sort of do a first pass at. So we'll watch it and then we have a Google Doc and we'll we'll sort of have a we have a template. So throw in some notes and 
And so you're going to try to have and say, well, how, let's open and close. Well, like, let's look for three main points. And then we leave the Google Doc open. So it's, we're all seeing the movie. I mean, they're, they're in West Virginia. I'm in Seattle. Okay. So we're all, we're always recording for a long distance, but yeah, I've never, I've never, we've never seen each other face to face yet. Oh, so, really? Just, yeah. Just through Zoom or, or whatever. Well, I, so I guess face to face, but screen to screen more. Yeah. 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 But and, and so then, yeah, we got the Google Doc allows us to just sort of uh, add in ideas together and and then like we'll talking do talking points. Yeah. Okay. And, and then we'll do Google Hangouts. And and so we've got like a full script there, but but we try to not run off and read the script. So it, it's <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, Richard's uh, R- Richard is uh, he, he's a very uh, gifted uh, reader and, you know, growing in growing in deep theology and and david actually is i mean he i mean he's teaches he's a professor so oh yeah. wow so they, they both like they're both coming from sort of uh sort of, have sort of educational or teaching uh, backgrounds or developing that acumen so it's it's kind of cool to have uh voices that are they they, they keep trying to test say i'm the I'm the smart one in the room. And that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, guys. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless we're talking genetics, then I just hand it over to David. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, so, but when you guys choose a movie, then are you watching it multiple times, or are you um, like watching it and then digesting it with Catherine's your wife's name? Yeah, yeah. You know, I will sometimes try to watch it twice if I get a chance. Okay. Uh, but really, I, and I would certainly when I was doing film and theology, I would. I would watch. Yeah, I'd usually grab a movie I'd seen, and then sit down with it and and kind of watch through it with with a notepad and be take. I I was much uh, was much more hardworking back then. Um, <laughs> now I'm just lazy. But I, I do think. I, well, I mean, I guess I'll just be honest. You were asking earlier if it came naturally. I think the the more you do it, the more it does come sure. naturally. And and I I will try. Um, like I, now I do come out of one viewing with with a little more ease, I think, at yeah. grabbing certain things or, or the dialogue, but boy, sometimes they're sticky. I mean, comedies are tricky. Like comedies are the hardest ones sometimes. Uh, why is that? Well, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of dramas are usually have some very obvious uh, oh. dramatic human moments that they're pushing, but comedies can oftentimes be so inane. Yeah. It's just, yeah like, right. Yeah. You know, it's like, just like, how can we make somebody laugh type of a thing? Yeah. But then you go look at a movie like Groundhog Day and that's like, oh, well, they were they were definitely saying something about the human condition in that old Bill Murray movie because he's he's reliving the same day over and over again and has to his character has to get refined. It's like, all right, then, better. Yeah. 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 It's like, all right. Well, they're obviously so. But I tell you, I was well, I did Napoleon Dynamite once on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> and that that one was really hard to figure out anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't lend itself to anything obvious to me. But again, I I haven't read the manual. <laughs> yeah, I I wound up just correlating a bunch of it. I, I wound up using the proverbs. I was just like, <laughs> oh really? Let's, let's look at a bunch of key scenes here because there's some proverbs that speak to the folly. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of just abstracted it instead of uh, yeah. taking it as, as a continuous flow. Yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen have you seen the movie? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It, it is about that random. There is a scene where, well, there's a scene where just by the nature of the editing, he is, he's talking about how he spent the summer like hunt, shooting wolverines and, <laughs> and just he's bragging. And then it just cuts to it. It cuts instantly to him getting beaten up outside his locker. 
And yep. I was, I watched that scene and suddenly I, I was like, Proverbs, uh, the fool opens his mouth and invites a beating. I was like, all right, I got my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as you, as you, as I watched, I, I, I confess I didn't get all the way through, um, the, the talk that you gave in Alabama. I got maybe 32 minutes in and then. That's a good, cause uh, I don't remember it. That's <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure the last 23 minutes or so were, were just the absolute best. Um, <laughs> but, uh, part of what you were talking about is that you, you kind of organize it into certain, there was like a, uh, there were four quadrants, um, I think, mm. or, or maybe two oh, sets yeah. of poles. And do you do you kind of use that as a I don't want to say like do you, do you create categories and see kind of as you watch the movie organize them into those categories is that does that help you process the movie and its themes more easily and quickly? It did particularly at the outset. I think as it's it's probably become a little more organic over the years. But but kind of that defining line. I mean that was that was just me as a young man look at it the young, a younger guy looking at movies so i was like all right uh, there's there's nothing new under the sun I'm a firm believer of that because my scripture says so mm-hmm. uh, i i also uh, i also look at scripture it's like well the narrative of scripture there's really only two choices i mean there's there's a pretty bleak dark hopeless uh, future apart from grace and that and then there's this triumphant victory story of our savior and mm-hmm. and so it's like well well wait a minute it uh, I kind of went to, uh, I mentioned Proverbs, but it's Ecclesiastes where uh, life under the sun, right? A chasing after the wind. It's like, well, if, if there is no God, then yeah, that, then there's just light. All we have is life under the sun. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of dramas and kind of nihilistic stories and, uh, or, or reluctant acceptance uh, stories that happen. So it's just like, well, the first thing it wasn't four quadrants, just two, like there's either two stories. There's yeah. either, either Either there's something transcendent, or it's about coming to terms with the fact that there is nothing trans- that, that 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 this is it. Mm. And then within that, like, I think, but see, some of those, some of those, there's nothing else movies and dark, right? There's sort of there's a bleak acceptance of that reality, mm-hmm. uh, or or there's some kind of quasi peaceful acceptance of this is all there is, and I just have to, I just have to deal with it, and and yeah. kind of find yeah. some some sense of Zen or, you know, it's whatever the, wherever the tr- story tries to make it. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, and then there's the, then there's the life, then there's the transcendent stories, right? There's Superman's kind of the quintessential. I mean, the, the sure. ultimate sort of Christ allegory of the 20th pop culture century. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, then there's the Iron Man where you've, you've got the flawed person who has a triumphant change and kind of gets, there's some kind of redemption and right. and then there's the more the story human where, story, so to speak. Yeah, there's there's sort of the Spider-Man or the Iron Man story, or there's kind of the figure. There's Neo in the Matrix or the Superman story. It's like so. There's yeah, you do kind of wind up. I was like, well, is this a mega savior story like Avatar, or is this a kind of a, a person kind of redeeming their past and kind of getting a new heart or getting a new a new something, or or is it down there and they're just accepting the world for the mess that it is and. Uh, dying in it like Citizen Kane or coming to terms with it in some way. Right. Yeah. And huh. that, that's been, that's sort of helped me. It's like, because I do think it, I, we like to think as humans, we're very complex, but I think I read my scripture and it, I, I think we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but as far as those longings in our hearts and our sin nature, there, there are some basics that are very simple about us. Yeah. yeah. And, and even, even the Greeks got that. Like Greeks only had two categories, comedy and tragedy. Hmm. 
Uh, like at a at a base level, when like comedy to them didn't necessarily mean laughter; it meant things ended well. Oh, okay. And, and tragedy was more think like everybody's like that like everybody's on the floor like Hamlet, right? That's that's yeah, right, right, right. Spoilers to any Shakespeare folks who haven't seen <laughs> Hamlet. Right? <laughs> well, if you didn't see it when it came out, sorry, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we but we both get different. You know, when we're dealing with somebody's death or a funeral, if you don't have Christ, there's a certain, I, even as, as a Christian, I actually have something, I have a hope, like that, it's really, art is dealing with those, those very base emotions, I think, in some ways. We just yeah. don't always think about it. And so, like, that's, I always try to sort of skew out, well, where am I going to go? Which direction? Uh, and not every movie's, not every movie's obvious. Yeah, it's not going to fit cleanly into those categories. Because my, my wife and I had a great, uh, wonderful. I, I was just my wife and I had a great argument about that, but a pleasant one coming out of uh, <laughs> the dark, the dark night, actually. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. That was a conflicted one. Yeah, because it. On the one hand, they they literally burn the truth to give people hope, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that that feels that feels like a gospel narrative where we're only really uh, only only fooling ourselves. Is how we get through reality, but it's like, but right. but then there's the whole theme of Batman becoming the scapegoat, which is a very gospel laden kind of ending. Sure. So, yeah. so there's actually then there's so there there's a bit of a savior metaphor, but also a uh, maybe there is no uh, true hope. But kind of you had multiple themes happening at once, so it's like, well, all right. And so, it wasn't wasn't entirely obvious which one was prevailing. Yeah. Until the third movie, but that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the nature of trilogies. <laughs> yeah. The third one is for everybody to like. The second one is for for the for the conflicted souls to feel uh, justified. That's right. <laughs> that concludes the first episode of my conversation with James Harleman. In the next part, we discuss a variety of topics and how they relate to culture, especially Christian culture. Thanks again for listening. Faith, resilience, and community. 